Hello and welcome again to Journeys in Grace. My name is Eric Hubbard, and thank you for being with us as we go into the Word of God today and continue our series on authority and jurisdiction. And I want to give you a couple of ways to reach out to us. Num, number one is you can uh, email us at uh, pastoreric523 at gmail.com. Again, pastoreric523 at gmail.com. Or you can write us at Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. That's Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. And again, we're going to continue our teaching that we started a couple of weeks ago. And I think it's important that we continue it and, in, and definitely for such a time as we live in today. There's wars, there's rumors of wars, there's so much conflict and fear in the world and in the church and uh, amongst ourselves where uh, there are times that we forget who we are. For that is our weapon. A weapon is when you know who you are. If you know that when you see your car, that that's mine, that's my possession, because you have authority over that which is yours. God doesn't give me authority over you, but I do have authority over me and what I take in and what I hear. So today we're going to just give a just a brief uh, synopsis or uh, reminder of what we've been talking about. And then we're going to jump right into the word of God. So first, in talking about authority, we define authority as uh, dominion or power. It's where I have power or where I have rule or where uh, I have permission. That's another way of, of talking about um, authority because I have permission or access because of my authority. And when we're talking about jurisdiction, it's where my power can be uh, exercised. Uh, we gave the example of uh, a police officer that may be in this county or in this state. You know, uh, Alabama state trooper doesn't have authority in the state of Georgia. Although he's still, he or she is still an officer, yet they cross, when they cross the state line, they come out of their jurisdiction. And so... When we, as we've been talking this week uh, and weeks prior about jurisdiction and power, we're going to step not only in the, in the natural, but we're going to get to the, we begin to talk last week about the authority and the power and the jurisdiction that Jesus has. We know that our Lord is all powerful. He is God in flesh and he is living today. And when we talk about Jesus, there is no jurisdiction from him. The one place he's not going again is he's not going to take on sin. He's not going to take on our sins, which he did when he lived this life 2,000 years ago. And because he lived it, because he lived it sinlessly, he has now the authority and that which he took back from Satan. And we gave the examples of when we begin to uh, read over in the book of Genesis chapter 3, how that Adam and Eve were given power and authority, and they had jurisdiction in the garden. What did the father tell them in the first chapter of Genesis? He says, I want you to be fruitful and multiply, and then have dominion. Meaning, I've given you this garden. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Continually replicate what I've given you. You see what I've done. God wanted Adam to copy what he had done. As God created, as he expanded, and as, he and as he created the earth and, and all the things that are within, that's what he expected Adam to do. That one of the things he gave him was power and authority of all animals, all beasts of the fields and fowls of the air and fish of the sea. These things God gave to him, and it was expected of Adam that he would walk in the authority and the jurisdiction that God had given him. He had the whole world. 
But we know at the fall, Adam gave up his authority. He remained on the earth. But now there was a new God. And that God was Lucifer himself, who we know now as Satan. And he took over because Adam and Eve willingly gave up their, uh, their, their authority. And now Satan took over. But we know our champion, our friend, our God, our Lord, our Savior came. And he came, he lived, and he went down into hell. And the Bible said he triumphed, triumphed over Satan and he paraded him up and down the portals of hell, showing his all of his demons that everybody could record. It was imprinted in their mind that Jesus has come. He took back all the power and authority from Satan, and then he rose again and went back into the heavenly. And when he did, he, he before he left the world, he told his disciples over in the book of uh, in the book of St. Matthew, and we're going to go there first. I'm going to go a little different than what I, I planned, but I want you to get this in your minds today about what God has given us. He gave us power and authority. That authority over in Matthew 28. I'm going to see if I get, see, get over there. And he told them, he says, all power is given unto me. All power. He didn't say some. He didn't say, well, I'm, I'm, I got to share. I got to job share this with Satan. Uh, in, the, in the daylight, I'm God. In the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the nighttime, he is. No, all power has been given unto me. In other words, Jesus said, I'm ruling this now. I'm the new sheriff in town. I am the, the second Adam. And as where the first Adam fell, I am here now. I have taken over. And this is over in Matthew 28, 18. I have taken over. And I want you to know this same power, this same authority, which I have, he has gave it and he has given it unto us. So let's now, let's go over to uh, the book of Genesis. We're going to start here and we're going to go a little faster today. I'm going to write all these notes, a uh, uh, Bible, um, put these Bible verses over in. You can read as you connect into Facebook or you go to uh, Spotify. You can see the scriptures that I have. So we're going to start in the book of Genesis today. Uh, Genesis 13 and verse number... 14. And we're going to talk now uh, and just see how God issued out his authority and how he began and gave us the example of our father Abraham in the spirit, our father of faith, who when he heard God call him out of uh, of the Chaldees, he called him out. And when he did, and he left his father and his mother and all of his kindred, he came, but he brought Lot with him. And because he did, God then revealed everything that he was going to give him. But it was progressive uh, 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 revelation because God was having Abraham and Sarah walk by faith. It wasn't just Abraham. It was Abraham and Sarah that had to walk by faith and trust in God. So we're going to pick up now in Genesis 13, 11, and, and it reads, Then Lot closed, chose, this is where Abraham and, and Lot are separating. Lot chose him all the plains of Jordan. Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. And Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan. Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent towards Sodom. Uh, so I'm going to go down now. From 13, let's go down 13 to 14. And the Lord said to Abraham, after that, Lot was separated from him. See, this was a separation that God wanted from the beginning. He told Abraham to leave his father, his mother, and his kindred. But Abraham felt an obligation to bring Lot because Lot was his brother's son. And his brother had died. And so as we read on, it says 
that after Lot and Abraham, and Lot had prospered, Abraham had prospered. I'm just uh, uh, summarizing what had happened. And so it became so the land couldn't, couldn't hold them. But Abraham was so confident. He told Lot, I don't want there to be strife between us. You choose. Well, you go east, I'm going west. If you go west, I'm going east. But because Abraham knew within himself, God has given me something. That's something on me. That the blessing is on me, the power and authority is on me, and, what, and as long as I obey God, I will see the goodness of God because God has given me a promise and he cannot take it back. And it says that after that Lot was separated from him, he lifts up his eyes and looked from the place where he was. And this is the Lord talking to him now. He said, Lot, the Lord said to Abraham, rather, after Lot had left, he said, look, Abraham, look up. From the place you were. He said, look to the north, to the south, to the east, to the west. Verse 15. From the land which you see. He says, to you I'll give it and to your seed forever. This was Abraham's jurisdiction. But what Abraham had to do, and I'm going to go ahead a little further ahead, is that Abraham had to, Abraham had to walk it out. He had to, with confidence. God had told him this. And remember, the land wasn't vacant, void of people. But Abraham had to walk by faith, knowing that God is with me. And when God is with you, the enemy has to move back. He has to vacate. Because as Abraham stepped, he, every step he took was another step of, of land, another piece of land, another foot, another acre, another whatever you want to call it. Everywhere he went, God was establishing things for him. And as he went, as he did, as he obeyed God, Abraham saw the mighty power of God and acted in his life. So we're going to go down to verse 15. It says, from the land which you see, this will I give it and to your seed forever. And I will make your seed at the dust of the earth. So that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. He says, get up, walk through the land in the length of it, in the breadth of it, for I will give it to you. God was establishing something. He said, get up and walk. And see, in him walking, he was taking possession. He was taking a, a possession. He was a taking it. Uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't conquering it yet, but he was possessing it by faith. Because what God said, this is where your people will dwell. This is where your children will dwell. As you obey me, you will see, you will, you, you will, you will see in the spirit you will see your children. You will see cities. You will see kingdoms. You will see your children living in the land that I have promised you. And this is what God is calling for us to do now because as God was with Abraham, he is in us. The kingdom is in us. Let's go over now. I want to uh, go again to um, over to the book of St. Luke. St. Luke uh, 17. We're going to read uh, Luke 17, 20. Because everybody wants to know then as they do now about the kingdom of God. Because we know the kingdom is coming. When Jesus is going to come back, he's going to establish a king, his kingdom in the earth. But right now, the kingdom is in every believer. In all of us. The kingdom is in you. The Bible says over in Romans 14, chapter, he said, The kingdom of heaven is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So wherever you go, the kingdom goes. Wherever you go, the power and the authority of heaven is standing at your job, is seated in your car, is, is driving you to work. The kingdom is in you. But what we have to do, as I said earlier, is know who and whose we are. 
I, you are a son of God, whether you're female or male. Son is not a gender uh, title in this case. It's talking about you are a king. Yes, all the ladies, you are kings. No, it's not kings and queens. The Bible says, uh, in the, Jesus told through Paul, he says, in, 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 the, in grace. Now, there is neither male nor female. There is the Jew nor Greek. But we're all one in Christ. There is no second-class citizens in God. There are no uh, uh, second-class sons, no stepsons. You are, we are all sons. We are all of the kingdom of God. That's why we can say we are the beloved. When we know that we are the beloved of God, we are the preferred of God, we are the peculiar people, we are the kings and priests of God. No matter where, how long you've been in the kingdom, when you accept Christ, Jesus says, if you will accept, he said, then I, we will, my, I and my father will come and I will sup with, the, with you. He says, as I am one, so we are one. We are all one in Christ. God lives in us. The spirit of God, not a spirit. God didn't accept a separate spirit from himself to dwell in us, but the spirit of God, the spirit, God himself in the person of the Holy Spirit dwells in every believer. So let's read now uh, in the book of St. Luke 17, 20. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, they wanted an answer. That's a, they were trying to put a demand on Jesus. Let's get him to tell us what we want to know. 1720, Luke. Luke 1720. And when the, they want to know what? When the kingdom of God should come. And he answered and said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. So in other words, you can't see it. At this time, you're not going to see the kingdom of God, but the kingdom of God is already here. I'm the kingdom of God. I'm the door. You remember when Jesus told him that? He says, I am the door. For if any man comes in any other way, he's a thief and a robber. But Jesus was saying, I am the door. I am the kingdom. And he goes on to say in 21st verse, neither shall they say, over here, Lord, he said, Lo here, or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. And what he was doing was foreshadowing for them the Holy Spirit, which is the Spirit of God, is Christ in you. God is in you. God is in me. God is in every believer. And again, what we have to realize is who we are. All right, so let's go on now. Let's go on to, uh, I'm going to jump back over now to over to the Old Testament because, again, I'm trying to establish some principles about uh, uh, authority and jurisdiction. Again, if you know that you have power and you know that where you go, where you are, God is, God will go with you into your mess because that's the only way you're coming out uh, for God to get you. He got to reach in and pull you out. God doesn't expect you to clean yourself up. He doesn't expect you to get saved by yourself. You can't. He doesn't expect you to save your money and buy it. You can't pay penance for God. Penance means that you buy uh, uh, forgiveness. You buy and you pay for uh, 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 a leg up or uh, okie doke. Okay, Jesus, you got you to help a brother out. You got to help a sister out. No. Jesus said, if any man cometh unto the Father, he must come by and through me. So we've heard this familiar story here just in 1 Chronicles 4th chapter. I'm going to read a little bit about Jabez. And again, 
Our subject today, we're talking about authority and jurisdiction. And so this story and this, this, this Bible study in the, uh, uh, this Bible story in the book of Chronicles talks about Jabez. And let's just read a little bit about Jabez and, 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 and how he not only exercised his and, and, and perceived that he was under the blessing, but he made a request of the father and he did it by faith. First Chronicles 4, 9. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren and more honorable than his brethren. So he was called out. Honor in God talks about obedience and, and submission to him. Humility. He said he was, he was more honorable than his brethren, than, than the children of his, of his mother. And his mother called him Jabez saying, because I bear him with sorrow. She didn't know who she was bringing into the world. Many times, you know, you, when you meet people who, you know, they don't know their father, they don't know their mother, they've been adopted, they were raised by their grandmother or by an uncle or an aunt, and they feel abandoned. But they didn't know that they were bringing forth, that man and woman didn't know how precious you are. Psalms 138, 139 in there, it talks about that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Fearfully. God took the time and put and constructed your DNA in such a manner that there will never be and there never was any person, anybody that could match your DNA. That will only be one of you ever to walk this earth. God made you in particular for this time. So that you, because you have something to offer the world. You may say, well, my education, my, my height, my weight, my size, my color, my, uh, uh, whatever their excuse may be. But God has a particular thing that you were born into this earth to do. The only way you will ever find the perfect will of God for your life is to submit yourself to his son. And then submit yourself to learning about him. And if you want to learn about God, you go to his word. You know, when you go and buy a car or you buy a television or any electronic thing, they tell you first, read the instructions. You know, a lot of us, we, and I'm included, you know, sometimes we feel like, hey, you know what, I ain't got time for that. You know, and we'll, we'll jump in, we'll just get the cars, you know, I know how to start it up. I know how to uh, put it in park, a park, put it in neutral, put it in reverse, put it in drive, so I'm good. And you miss out on so much that's in that automobile. There's, there's so many uh, uh, things, so many things they've added to cars now. So many, so many adjustments, so many new, new options that's in the automobile. That if you don't have somebody to either explain to you or you actually read, you could go for years not knowing everything that that automobile can do. If you, bought a, uh, if you buy a, a, a 2023 model. And you buy one of the high-tech cars that will do, do it. I mean, some of them will drive by themselves. They'll back, they'll, they'll park by themselves. There's so many things you can order, you can talk. You, there's so many things that, that's in that automobile. But if you want to know everything that it does, you have to go to the owner's manual. Well, guess what? Our owner's manual is the word of God. It's the Bible. Go if you want to know the, uh, I think it was Miles Monroe says that if you want to know the purpose of the thing, go to the creator. Go. And the creator of this world, I don't care what scientists say, bless God for them. You know, they're, they're scientists and, and, and 
all of the engineers and who and, and those who create things now and inventors, they are doing marvelous things. But when it comes down to who created man, you may you may be listening to this podcast and think, you know what? That's enough. Because you don't you you believe in the Big Bang theory, or you believe in uh, that man evolved from slime, or whatever the case may be, or you know what? I just don't know, but I just don't believe in the Bible. Well, I'm gonna tell you what it says in Romans. So, what if some don't believe? Does that make the word of God of none effect? I pray that you would come to the knowledge that God is God, the God of the Bible, the God that revealed Himself through Jesus Christ is the Creator, and He will always be. So going back to Jabez, in 1 Chronicles 4 and 9, it says again that Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called him Jabez because I bear him with sorrow. And the 10th verse says, and Jabez called on the God of Israel. He was honorable because he acknowledged God. See, today, if you are a believer, you call him a foolish, a fool, old foggy, old timey. The Bible's out of step. But it says, and this is what Jabez said. He said, oh, Lord, I'm adding this in. I'm putting this in my word. Oh, God, if you would just bless me and enlarge my coat. He said, I want you to enlarge my influence, my territory, Lord, and that your hand might be with me. He's saying now, God, I need you to increase my territory, increase my jurisdiction, increase my, my sphere of influence. Because if you increase my territory, now my jurisdiction and influence is increased. And if you're with me, my authority, because when the anointing, when the blessing, when the very Holy Spirit is in you, now you are and we are empowered. And if thou would keep me from evil, not only did he want God to bless him, he said, Lord, I'm going to bring honor to you. When, I, when they look at me and say, how did you get this promotion? We, 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 we saw you a few weeks ago. We saw your business when you started out and selling out of your, out of your trunk. We saw you when you, 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 know, you was, had the little car lot with three cars. Now you own five dealerships. Now you own 10 McDonald's or 10 Burger Kings. Or, you know, you, you're franchised. Now you are, uh, not only are you a, a house owner, you own apartments and buildings. How did you get from there to here? Jabez is saying, keep me from evil so that I can bring glory to you. He says, that it may not grieve me. And because God saw his heart, it says, and God granted him that which he requested. Why? Because he requested it out of an honest place, out of a, a humble heart, out of a heart that sought God. Not just to be good for good's sake, but to give glory to God. He said, I don't want evil in my heart. David said, Lord, wash me clean. David was an old, uh, old Testament believer. He said, wash me with hyssop, Lord. What we say now, we call upon the name of the Lord. Knowing that by grace we are saved through faith and that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. We are saved. We are graced. We are cleansed by the word of God. And because we receive him, no, we don't take grace from God. We receive it through his son. As a, as a son or a daughter would do. We would, we, when you go to your mom and say, Mama, can I have something to eat? And then we receive what, either what they bought or what they cooked. 
And when it's put before us, we receive what they have cooked. We receive what they provide. And we make them so happy when we eat what they give us. That's what makes a cook happy. Now I'm just my, my, my wife and I at home now. You know, I don't have my, my, my uh, people now to eat my food because, you know, my, my wife and I, we don't eat that much. Well, for me, you, you can't tell that. But, uh, but what I'm saying is that when you provide, you want people to take advantage of what you provide to them, what you are giving them. We make God glad when we accept, when we receive what he has for us. When we receive his joy, when we receive his love, when we receive his protection. Rather than saying, I got this, Lord. Lord, I, I got it. I'm going to handle this. No, Jesus said, cast all your cares upon me, for I care. He cares much for us. So as we read these, uh, these next few scriptures and uh, before we close out today, this is what Jesus did in, uh, as we talked about Matthew 28, when he went to the demoniacs. And what did he do? He didn't even open his, he hadn't even opened his mouth and they recognized his authority. They recognized his jurisdiction. They said, Jesus of Nazareth. Have you come to terrorize us? Have you come to torment us before, before our time? This is Matthew uh, 28 and 8, 28 and 29. Because they, they, they recognize him. Again, Matthew 8, 29. They said, Jesus, have you come, thou son of God? Art thou come to torment us before our time? And again, the enemy recognizes the power and the authority that's in you. And if you will only use it, authority is not authority if you don't use it. At the scene of a crime, if the police officer keeps a gun in, his, in, in their holster, if he, when he enters a, uh, a place and there's chaos going on, if the police don't announce that, that who he, he or she is and that badge is being seen, that's the authority. There's, a, there's power behind that. That's why we slow down when we see that black car with the, with the blue lights on it. When we see that officer come and they, they, and they, and they, uh, they show them them they, and they speak to us and they tell us their identity. This is who I am. I'm Officer ABC. If you have any sense about yourself, you recognize the authority behind it. And everything comes to order or else it's put in jail. He or she is put in jail. So what I'm but again what our what our lesson about today is jurisdiction and authority. And when Jesus walked through this place that everybody else was afraid to go to or go through. They went everybody went around and said, oh no, two crazy men over there, we're not going. But when they saw the authority and the jurisdiction that Jesus walked in with, they knew their rule was over. And Jesus cast the devil out of those men the pathway the road was free now everybody could go through and see when we realize that when we walk in god comes in authority comes in blessing comes in anointing comes in the kingdom come jesus prayed thy kingdom come thy will be done the kingdom is in us and satan recognizes it i hope you do so that, one more verse now before we close out today. We'll go over to the book of Acts, 19th chapter. Acts 19, and we're going to start reading. Uh, let me go over here real quick. Acts 19, 
And we're going to start reading around the uh, 13th verse. And this is about the, I know we've heard this story many times, but this is talked about the seven sons of Sceva. Hope I'm, hope I'm pronouncing that right. Acts 19, 13. Again, talking about jurisdiction and authority. Then certain now, what they had seen, I'm gonna read, let me read uh, verse number 12. Make the 11. <laughs> okay. Acts 19, 11. And God wrought, uh, God did special miracles by the hands of Paul. So that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. All these things happened because Paul operated in the gift of healing, gift, uh, and the gift of deliverance and power, recognizing that wherever he went, the kingdom came. There is no jurisdiction as far as the believer is concerned, when we're talking about the ability to use the power and authority of God, when people receive it. Now, you can go amongst the people that reject you, you know, and God's never going to force himself. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He is not going to force himself on anybody. But Jesus said, whosoever will, let him or her come. So 1911, he said, Paul was working miracles by, miracles were wrought by Paul. And how would they happen? Because when uh, uh, even if the sick person wasn't there or were there, they would take those handkerchiefs and aprons and lay hands on uh, and, and lay them on them, and diseases went away, departed. Evil spirits went out. But in the 13th verse, what I want to get to, it says, Then certain of the vagabond Jews. Now, when you talk about a vagabond, it means somebody, you know, that just, uh, if you've got a picture, you see a man or, or whomever this person may be with a stick, with a, and with a rat or a bag tied on the back and they're just walking down the road and they just go where they go and where they end up they end up until they get what they want and they keep it moving and see these had no foundation in God although they were talking about doing they were trying to copy the works of God they had no authority because they didn't know Jesus the, the kingdom wasn't in them so they didn't have no, they didn't have any power. Or as I was going to say, they didn't have no power. So it says, 1913, certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them, which had evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, again, because they wasn't subject to Jesus, because they didn't have the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside, they didn't have the authority. And what did they say? We adjure you. We command you by Jesus whom Paul preached. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew and chief of the priests, which did so. They were copying Paul. You would say, okay, something good is going to happen. You copying, you copying good, maybe good's going to happen. But the 15th verse says, and the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. Why? Because he conquered Satan and took all power from him. Paul, I know. Paul, who was subject, who met Jesus on the Damascus Road, filled with the Holy Spirit, given a commandment, and told him to go and preach, and he was going to preach all over the world and preach to, uh, and preach to uh, uh, the lords of the land. And then it says, it didn't say anything about vagabond Jews, did it? If you don't know Jesus, you can't operate. Although God blesses givers, but yet the Bible says, what would it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? 
You can be a giver. You can be what they call a philanthropist, where you uh, help the poor, the sick, the disabled, the, the elderly, the, uh, the orphan. You can build orphanages. You can build hospitals. You can do all of those things. But if you are without Jesus, in the end, you will be broken. You will be broke. You will go and stand before God. And that question again will be, why? If that question comes, I don't know what the question is going to be asked at the, at, the, uh, at, the, at, the, at the entrance into heaven. But if there were a question, I think the only one that would be asked would be, do you know Jesus? Or rather, does Jesus know you? And if you don't have a relationship with God, that's going to be the stopping point. I believe, as I said earlier, bad people go to heaven. There will be many good people in hell. Why? Because a bad man can repent, have his sins forgiven, and enter into heaven. That's what the, uh, uh, the thief on the cross did. He went to heaven because he received Christ before his dying breath. But, uh, but, uh, but all of the, your riches, all of your glory, all of your fame, without Christ, all of us are nothing. So as we close today, I just want to leave you with this thought that the power of God resides in every believer. If you are saved today, if you know Jesus, walk in your authority. Walk in the power of God that resides on the inside of you. You have the power. God gave you power over all the powers of the enemy. Walk therein. And if you don't know him, just pray this prayer after me. Father, I thank you that you hear me today. You give me life. You give me breath. Most of all, you gave your son that died for me. I pray, Lord, that you forgive me of all of my sins. I come to you, Lord, with a heart to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And right now, I receive you, Lord. I believe you've taken away all of my sins. I believe you died for me on the cross and rose again on the third day. And I believe I am received into the family of God. If you prayed this prayer, I believe you are now part of the family of God. And I pray that you find a Bible-believing church. Begin reading the Bible. And I believe, as I as I've often say, start reading the book of St. John and read uh, the Acts and <clears throat> And, and the epistles of Paul and, and before you go reading from Genesis because salvation and the, the, the picture is what we need. What you need, if every believer could do, if you could build your relationship with Jesus before you find out about tithing and giving and, 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 and all the other things that, that the church eats, that people speak, build your relationship with Jesus. Get to know him. And you will uh, uh, secure this promise that God has given to all of us. I pray you to receive these words today by faith. Until we meet again. And journeys in grace. Be blessed.